Hey, and welcome to the Pathway Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here to join us. We hope that this podcast inspires you to live life both for God and your city. Make sure to subscribe to stay up to date with all of our most recent episodes. And remember to leave us a five-star rating. Enjoy the message. Today in our second week of our Advent series, we're talking about peace. How many of you know Jesus is the Prince of Peace? There are a lot of people that need peace in the world today. Anybody need peace? You need peace. Just go ahead and raise your hand. You say, oh yeah, I could use some peace. You've been to the grocery store. You're trying to find Christmas presents right now. The shelves are bare. What do we do? Well, we get one, get some peace, get some peace. You know, we have some friends and we have missionary hearts. We want the people that are a long ways away from us uh, to have peace. And so we're praying today for all of the folks in Athens, Georgia today, that they will have peace. You guys pray for the bulldogs. Uh, I'm just thankful that Nick Saban, and he's really trying to help Coach Kirby find some peace. He's holding him there. He's saying, who's your daddy? Who's your daddy? Peace. Everybody needs a little peace. Somebody say, Pastor, don't stop. Just keep going. Just keep going. I I, I had a greatest gift that I put on Facebook. You know, sometimes you put stuff up on Facebook and Facebook punishes you and they don't let anybody see it because I know it, if people had seen it, it would have gotten a lot more likes and comments. But I had this wonderful picture, this real sweet lady that was walking her bulldog, just dragging that sucker down the street. It was just laying on the ground. It was great, man. Come on, somebody give me a roll tide. I think that would be appropriate. There we go, there we go. And you know, we have some wonderful friends uh, the, the chairman of the board for People for Care and Learning, one of our great Biotree Change Life uh, sites is there in Athens, Georgia. In fact, a number of the Uni- University of Georgia ball players they, they attend church with Pastor Scott and Elizabeth Shepherd there. And, you know, I just, I just want them to know that we love them today. <laughs> and and I, I know that somehow this is going to get to Pastor Scott. And... Um, if, if, you, if you would, if you guys love Pastor Scott and you love Cornerstone Church there in Athens, Georgia, and you just love that we whooped Athens yesterday, would you just put your hands together? Let Pastor Scott know, hey, we love you. We love you. Hope you find some peace. You know, people are doing everything they can to find just a little bit of peace in life. Peace in life. And uh, nothing wrong with self-help books. There's nothing wrong with getting some good psychology. I mean, I, I like to have some uh, good medical help when I need it, you know? And, and so I'm not against self-help books and I'm not, a, I'm not against having people to counsel us. I think all of those things are good. Uh, but when it comes to finding peace, there are a lot of people to turn to, people that you can ask how to help you find peace. And so I wanted to share something just really quickly. Really, um, One, to encourage you to do everything that you can do to find peace during this time of year. There are some things that you probably need to stop doing, some people that you need to stop being around, some commitments that you need to uncommit to. Don't break your commitments, but, you know, right-size your life, get things cleaned up, do all of those things, achieve all you can achieve, try and bring some order to your life. All that's good. Uh, I want to share from Dr. Henrik Edberg, how to bring inner peace in your life. A simple 15 things that you can start doing today. Actually, when I read that, I just got stressed out just, just reading that right here. And there's some good things in here. 
But uh, listen to them. I'm just going to read through them really quickly. Number one, set limits. Number two, find a a relaxation technique that works for you. Um, Number three, don't make mountains out of molehills. Number four, slow down. Number five, unclutter your world, unclutter your mind. Number six, use a minimalistic workspace. I think that's code, like politeness. Polite, that's politically correct way of saying clean your desk. Uh, Number seven, be 10 minutes early. Number eight, accept and let go. Number nine, instead of ask, instead of guessing. Number 10, escape for a while. Number 11, solve a problem that is weighing down on you. Number 12, disconnect over the weekend. Number 13, remember, by the way, this list sounds like it's for people that don't have jobs. (laughs) It's a little bit, I mean, I can't keep up with all this stuff. Uh, Number 13, remember the five little things that will help you to stay sane. One thing at a time. Number 14, breathe. And number 15, remember, there's a day tomorrow too. All of those are good. Those are good. Do some of those. That'll, that'll give you, bring a little order to your world. That'll help give you some peace. That'll help you to be a little more well-adjusted. That's not the kind of sermon that I'm preaching today. That, I'll preach those sermons. You, you know me. I'm going I'm to preach to you about how to handle money. I'm going to preach to you about how to handle relationships. We're going to do those things. Each year, I'm going to try and give you know, a series that will help you with really common sense, practical things that people are facing in life because our spirituality ought to show up in the things that we're facing in life and how we parent and how we date and how we work, all of those things. But I want to talk about peace on a much deeper level today. And as I do, I want you to understand this, is that Jesus is the only one who can bring true and lasting peace. True and lasting peace can only be found in Jesus. Let's hear what Jesus says in John chapter 14, verse 27. Now, this isn't in your notes. Write this down. I want you to go, uh, you know, place this in your mind today as you and, and through the rest of the season. Hang on to this. Jesus says, I'm leaving you with a gift. Peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. Psychology can't give this. Medical doctors can't give this. Historians can't give this. Accountants can't give this. Your boss can't give this. Your employees can't give this. No one can give this. The only person in the world that can give this is Jesus. He says, so don't be troubled or afraid. No matter what the world throws at you, He says, I've got your back. I have everything that you need. Now let's back up a few hundred years and let's read Isaiah chapter 11, the prophecy Isaiah gives of the coming of the Prince of Peace and what it'll be like when the Prince of Peace comes. The first five verses are the characteristics of the Prince of Peace. Some of the characteristics. The last five verses are the results of what happens when the Prince of Peace steps in and makes everything right. Here's what the Bible says. Out of the stump of David's family will grow a shoot. Yes, a new branch bearing fruit from the old root. 
And the spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. He will delight in obeying the Lord. He will not judge by appearance nor make an action, make a decision based on hearsay. He will give justice to the poor and make fair decisions for the exploited. The earth will shake at the force of his word and one breath from his mouth will destroy the wicked. He will wear righteousness like a belt and truth like an undergarment. And then here's the results. Verse six. In that day, the wolf and the lamb will live together. The leopard will lie down with the baby goat. The calf and the yearling will be safe with the lion and a little child will lead them. The cow will graze near the bear. The cub and the calf will lie down together. The lion will eat hay like a cow. The baby will play safely near the hole of a cobra. Yes, a little child will put his hand in a nest of deadly snakes without harm. Nothing will hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain. For as the waters fill the sea, so the earth will be filled with the people who know the Lord. In that day, the heir to David's throne will be a banner of salvation to all the world. The nations will rally to him and the land where he lives will be a glorious place. Let me just say to you, in the middle of this cultural moment that we find ourselves in, in the middle of raising family and doing work and battling life and facing sickness and experiencing joy, mountaintops and valleys, let me tell you that no matter what injustice you have faced, no matter what injustice you have perpetrated, no matter what churn is going on in the world at this moment, it doesn't matter what's on Fox, CNN, MSNBC, on Drudge Report, on uh, any news agency, let me tell you that there is a day that is coming when our Messiah, our Savior, Jesus, Emmanuel, will step in and make everything that is wrong, he will make it right. Aren't you glad for that today? You know, and it's funny too, because we look at the world's problem. Look at how people, even the smartest, most insightful people are groping. They are groping for solutions to global problems, to problems in our communities, to shootings in our communities, to inflation, to all of these things. And what does the Bible say about how Jesus will deal deal with this? He says, with one breath, with one breath, he will take everything that is wicked out. It's just a word that we need to hear from the Lord. Let me tell you, in the middle of your storm, Jesus speaks peace. And I don't want to tell you, even though it's true, is that peace is coming from a long way off. That God is coming. Jesus will return. He will return and he will make everything right and it will be made right once and for all. But let me tell you, until that time comes, Jesus can speak peace while the conclusion is still in doubt. Even while you have challenges that you're facing, even right after the diagnosis, between the diagnosis and the time that the surgery would come, let me tell you that there is peace to be found even in that moment. Jesus is our peace. He's our peace. Now in this passage, there were two characteristics that, are, that Isaiah shares about who Jesus is that will bring the result that we see in verses six through 11, where we see, you know, the lion and the lamb laying down. There's two qualities that I want you to see today. The first 
is righteousness, the righteousness of God. Jesus brings peace because he is righteous. Say that with me. Jesus brings peace because he is righteous. It's the righteousness of God, the goodness of God, the equity of God, the fairness of God, the rightness of God, the justice of God. He is good. God is good all the time and all the time God is good. The righteousness of God. He is good. He is better than you. He's better than me. And there's some good people in the world. There's some good people in this room. And all of us have different personalities. And, and, and I know that when God gets a hold of us, he does a really wonderful thing in our, in our lives. But some people have spiritual gifts and natural gifts that really enhance, uh, enhance or, or emphasize the goodness of God in them. I mean, have you ever been around someone that just being around them makes you feel like you're better for being around them? I can think of people like that. The goodness of that person. Have you ever been around someone or you wanted to get around someone that if you knew, if you just got around them, you knew that everything was going to be okay? I remember as a college freshman, 880 miles away from home, Hurricane Andrew had just hit our house, it knocked our house flat, it knocked my dad's church flat. Everything that we had was gone, blown out windows, all the carpet in our house was pushed into my bedroom. And then I'm taking tests, I'm around people that are different than me, I'm around in a circumstance, in an environment that was different. It, I, it was new to me and I found a church across the street. I was going to this church and I found myself in the prayer service on Tuesday nights as a freshman in college. And there was an old man, old brother Stone. He'd wear a powder blue suit, wear a little derby to church on Sundays. And he would sit over on this side of the church. That's where he would pray on Tuesday nights. I knew on those Tuesday nights, even if I didn't know what to pray, maybe you're like me sometimes, I don't know what to say when I'm praying, but I knew if I could just get over close to old brother Stone, as he prayed, everything was gonna be all right. That was my experience. There are times where I faced things and I thought, well, I need to call my dad. And I would call my dad. It didn't matter what was going on. If I get my dad on the phone and we would talk, then I knew everything was gonna be all right. There are people in the church that you have, people in your family that are like this. They're like a safe place, a, a good place. They're good people. You know that their core is right. Their core values are right. And if you're facing some judgment decision that you're having to make, you know that if you can run that thought through them and you hear their insight, you know everything is gonna be right. Let me tell you, we have a God who is good. He is empathetic. He is sympathetic. He is moved by us. He, he always knows what's the right thing to do. Mother Teresa in Calcutta, ministering to leper colonies, ministering to people who were uh, extremely poor, the poorest of the poor, good. That is a good person doing good things. Let me tell you, the best people you will ever know in life, the goodest people, the, the betterest people that you will ever know in life, none of them can even come close to being as good 
as our God. Jesus brings peace because of his goodness, because of his righteousness. Well, let me tell you, righteousness and goodness isn't enough. It's not enough just to be good. There are a lot of good people in the world. In fact, there will be good people that won't spend an eternity with God. It's not our goodness that gets us saved. It's when the righteousness of God is imputed to us that we're saved. Here's what Paul says about that. Um, Philippians chapter three and verse nine, he says, I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law. Rather, I become righteous through faith in Christ. The goodness of God is necessary for us to see God. The righteousness of God is necessary for us to see God. The righteousness, our righteousness is not enough. Paul says, I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law. See, that was the challenge that we were given in the Old Testament is that we had to keep the law in order to be righteous. That we had to, we, in order to, to, to have our sins forgiven, then we would do a sacrifice and then we would have to keep the law, the Ten Commandments. You still ought to keep the Ten Commandments. There's some Ten Commandments that I'm, some of the Ten Commandments I'm really good at keeping. Thou shalt not murder. I can do that. I, I can not murder. Now, murder before divorce. I mean, I'm not going to divorce. Murder, one of us might do that. And murder, that's easy. Thou shalt not bear false witness. That's easy. Thou shalt not commit adultery. There may be a list of things you're going, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. Thou shalt not covet. I think the Lord put that one in there to mess everybody up. Like in the event that you could keep eight of them, I'm going to put thou shalt not covet in there and really mess them up. You see that brand new full-size Ford Bronco. Man, I sure would like to have that Ford Bronco. Thou shalt not covet. That's in there. And then the Bible says, if we, can't keep, if we fail to keep one of those laws, then we have broken all of those laws. And so Paul says, I no longer count on my righteousness, my goodness, my ability to keep the law to make me righteous. Instead, I become righteous through faith in Christ. We need the righteousness of God to have the peace of God. We won't know peace if we don't know the righteousness of God. It's his goodness his sacrifice. He has justified us. He has made us righteous in his life, in his eyes. But I'm glad that we don't have a God that's just nice. that's just good. that's just right. That just doesn't like injustice. But we have a God also that can do something about injustice that we have a God that can do something about wrongs. We have a God that wants to, he wants to rescue us from sin, but we also have a God that will rescue us from sin. See, it's not good enough. There's none in here that that can do the job where we can feel kindly enough or be good enough for people or towards people that anyone would be saved. The only way that we can be saved is that there had to be a God in heaven that loved us and loved us enough that he wouldn't just 
have sympathy for us, but that he would step out of his place of privilege and move into our neighborhood, which is exactly what he did. He gave up all of his privilege and maintained his responsibility and his authority. You know what? It's no fun to have responsibility and authority, but not have privilege. I don't like that. Like I want to work, but I also want to get paid, right? You got to get paid. Anybody want to get paid? Uh, everybody's wearing clothes. People, I can see people are being fed around here. I know I'm being fed. We're getting food, right? It's to have all the responsibility and to have the authority, but then to give up the privilege. Listen, to do something like that, you better love somebody a lot. Let me tell you, God loved us enough. He emoted for us enough. He was righteous enough that he would step out and he would do something for us. But just being willing to step out and do something for us is not enough. We not only have peace because of the righteousness of God, but Jesus also brings peace because of his almighty power. God is mighty. God is strong. God is able. God has authority. God can do something about it. Listen, God doesn't just want you to be okay with your circumstance. God wants to step into your circumstance and make it all right. God wants to work on your behalf because he loves you. You are created in his image. We are created to worship him. And because we were disjointed from that, because we turned our back on him, God said, you know what? I don't want to let my children, my creation walk on and out of relationship with me. I want to step in and intervene. Because of God's power, we have peace. Now, do you understand how peace works? Peace doesn't happen when two equally strong forces get tired of fighting with one another and they have a negotiated peace. When they say, you know what, let's not mess up our countries anymore. Let's stop fighting. Just leave everything where they are. That's not peace. And let me tell you, that's not what God came to do for you. And I don't want a God that just says, I'm going to just leave you right in that state of dysfunction you are. I'm not going to let your life get any worse, but I'm also not going to let your life get any better. That God is not going to negotiate with Satan. Let, let, me, let me say that. God is not going to no, negotiate with Satan. Listen, there is a real devil. There is a real Satan. There is a real heaven. There is a real hell. You know, we tiptoe around these words. Listen, there is a real place. There is an enemy of your soul that wants to tear you up, that wants to divert you. He wants your worship. He was jealous of God and he rebelled against God. God ejected him, threw him out. And then, and then God said, you know what? I'm not going to let you mess with my people without giving my people a way out. Here's how peace happens. Peace happens when somebody is willing to stand up to the tyrant. Peace happens when someone is willing to fight back against the invader. Aren't you glad that we didn't negotiate a peace with Hitler? 
Aren't you glad? Just think about that just for a second. Aren't you glad that we didn't say, no, you can go ahead and keep Poland. No, you can go ahead and you can take London. You can, you can just have all of that. Aren't you glad that somebody was willing to stand up and fight because this world would be a much different place. I'm so glad that our God is willing to stand up and to take some lumps and to step into the battle so that we can have victory, not just a negotiated peace, Peace happens when a superior force dominates a weaker force and stops the action of the weaker enemy from invading defenseless and innocent people. God loves you enough that he doesn't want to leave you to your addiction, leave you in bondage, leave you in your dysfunction, leave you in your pain, leave you in your, your sin, leave you in your idolatry. But God wants to come and minister to your life and transform you and set, his, set your affections on him and make everything that is wrong to make it right. That's what our God wants to do. And he will bring peace. But for so many of us, we don't want peace all the way We want things to be respectable. We want to negotiate what we're going to do. Listen, in order to have peace, we have to surrender to the greater force. We have to surrender to the God of all creation. How in the world can we say, God, I want to give you this part of my life and I want to give you this part of my life, but I don't want to give you this part of life. And and the Lord's saying, well, that's actually the part I want the most right there. Because that's the sign of idolatry. That's the sign of some other king over your life. And he wants to depose every other Lord in your life. There's only one room for one God in our lives. The only way to find peace is for the Lord to exercise his righteousness and his power in our lives. And the great thing is that our God... Actually, if our musicians can go ahead and come uh, right now, also over at airport, our God is willing to do anything to complete the victory he has promised in our lives. There is no way that anyone can come to Pathway Church and walk away from Jesus and claim that they have not had an opportunity to find peace in Jesus. It'd be a great tragedy if as we're stepping into Christmas, I mean, just think about this. It's like God has conspired to cause even the pagans, even the people who deny God to celebrate his holy day. Now, I know some of you will go to Walmart today and somebody's going to say happy holidays and you're going to turn back and you're going to go Merry Christmas. That's going to happen. But even think about this, even the atheists in changing or the secularists in changing the language, the best they could do is to have everybody wish you a happy holy day. The best they can do. God has conspired that we would have every opportunity to find peace in Jesus. The shelves are bare with people buying gifts to bless their family on a day and a season that's designed to honor the God who became flesh, was born in a manger, who would grow, who would be crucified, who would be buried, who would be resurrected so that we could find peace. Jesus, 
He's our peace. He wants to be my peace. He wants to be your peace. And I think this lands in two different areas of our life. Obviously, in our eternal life. If you struggle finding peace in this life, and I know that we all don't battle the same battles. I know it. Some people battle, face physical difficulties. Some people battle emotional difficulties. I I just want to say to those of you that have spent your whole life battling anxiety and emotional turmoil, maybe depression, some kind of a challenge that you've faced. Look, there is healing that's available in Jesus and there is peace that's available in Jesus. But let me tell you, let me give you the worst case scenario here, okay? If you can't find peace in your daily life and you have committed your life to Jesus Christ, one day when Jesus comes and makes everything right, all of those challenges will be gone in one second. Now, I'm not encouraging you to hang on to your emotional distress, the lies of the enemy, your quick return to thinking the worst case scenarios about everything in life, and to believe the lies of the enemy that he whispers in your ear when you're all alone. I'm not telling you to abandon yourself to that existence because there is healing in God. God wants to remove the influence of the enemy over your mind and over your heart. There is a real peace that transcends all understanding, that surpasses all understanding. And that peace is available for you today. I know it is. And I I believe today there will be people that don't just walk out being okay with battling life's challenges and holding onto the hand of Jesus. But I believe there are gonna be some people today that find victory and the peace of God for their marriage, their financial life, for their work life, for every single thing that they face. That is available to the believer today. I'm going to pray for you like that today. But I just want to go beyond that because that's a battle. But the war is won in Jesus. And that there is a peace that no matter how mangled our body is, no matter how tortured our mind is, there is a peace that one day our God will wipe away every tear from our eye and he will make every crooked road straight and we will find our home with him and we will have victory in Jesus. We will have peace in our God. And I'm so thankful today for that. I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful. Yes, Lord, heal us. Yes, Lord, heal us. Heal us today. Just go ahead and stand with me right now. Yes, Lord, heal us. We're asking for that. But God, no matter what, I'm gonna hold to your hand that never changes. I'm holding on to you today. Now in Philippians chapter four, Paul gives some instruction to the church and the church truly 
was embattled. The people of Philippi were afraid for their lives at times. They were on the run. The church was multiplying rapidly, but it was a persecuted church. They were facing things. Here's what Paul says. Philippians chapter four, verse six. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. I love that. Just one of the most rhythmical lines in the Bible. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Now, this is a passage that I like to share with people as they're going through stressful events. I like to encourage people in this. It's kind of like Isaiah chapter 11. Isaiah chapter 11 starts out with, it starts out with the characteristics of God and the prescription. The first five verses, the last five verses talks about the results. Here's the results. Philippians chapter four, verse six. But listen to what Paul says just before that. What do we do when we don't have peace? What do we do to get from anxiety, to get from stress, to get from turmoil into peace? Well, let's just back up just a little. And let's look at Philippians four, verse four. Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Is anybody sick? Rejoice. Is anybody tired? Rejoice. Come on, help me out. Re you're going to preach the rest of this sermon with me, right? Is anyone tired? Rejoice. Is anyone weary? Rejoice. Is anyone confused? Rejoice. Is anybody sick? Rejoice. Is anyone rich? Rejoice. Is anyone poor? Rejoice. Whatever it is you do, Pathway Church, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. And then this is the best part. After they've seen and after they've rejoiced, after you've done everything you can do, then remember this, oh persecuted church, oh tired church, oh church that has been martyred, oh church, you know, the, the pastors weren't getting invited to chamber of commerce. They were being persecuted, they were being killed. In all of these things that you face, Remember, the Lord is coming soon. Turn to your neighbor and say, Jesus is coming soon. Jesus is coming. He's coming. Hey, let's, let's pray. Philippians 4, 6, and 7, that we can have peace in our mind and peace in our heart. That was it. That was the prescription there. That's some good chicken soup for the soul from Paul. He's wanting us to be well-adjusted. I believe that. I, I want to have eternal life. I also want to have abundant life right now. I don't want to wait just until I get to heaven to start rejoicing. I want to rejoice every step of the way. Let's do that. I want to pray for you today. Maybe you say, Pastor, that's the kind of peace I need today. I love Jesus, but I've got some situations in my life right now, and I need God to touch my heart and my mind. If that's you, just 
Slip up your hand right there. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. God bless you. Over at airport campus, up in the balcony, those of you on, online, it's, we're a messed up church if there's nobody that is in need of peace. Actually, that means we have a low estimation of who Jesus is. This is saying, there is a God and I'm not him. I need God to minister to me. Okay, here's another question I have for you today. Say, pastor, I want the peace of God that surpasses all understanding in this life. But I wanna be reminded today that Jesus is coming soon. And when he comes, I wanna be ready and I wanna go with him. If that's you, just slip up your hand all over this house, amen. That's what we're after. That's what we're after. Hey, airport campus, I don't know if you can see this, but my friend Russell Black is here today. Russell's first time back on a Sunday, I think, since being there at Mayo Clinic. And Russell, you're looking great. I don't, it looks like a GoPro harness there or something. Praise God, praise God for you. Praise God for you. Whatever you're battling, whatever you're facing, keep battling and keep facing because you are on the right side. You're on the side of the king with the overwhelming force. He wins, he will not negotiate. He's not gonna get you out on a limb and then saw it off behind you. He's going all the way to the wind. I've had enough of those friends. I have, an, I have enough fair weather friends and fair weather kings in my life. But my king, the king of kings, he will never leave us. He will never forsake us all the way to the end. And what we think is the end, baby, it's just the beginning. We have an eternity with Christ and it is gonna be good. It is gonna be good. Why, why are you still preaching? Why are you still holding small groups in your house? Why are you still serving? Because there's still people in this world that need the peace of God. And as long as we have breath, as long as we have life, we wanna share it with others so that they can come to know the Prince of Peace that we know. Are you thankful for him, for peace today? One more time, just bless the Lord. I wanna bless you, I wanna pray for you right now. If you would just lift up your hands. And then as, as we pray, as we finish praying, we're gonna return thanks and song to the Lord and finish this thing out well today. Lord, I just come speaking peace. Lord, I don't come with human wisdom. Whatever I have, that's what I'm giving. And Lord, the best thing I have are the very words of God. I spoke words of God today. Lord, you are a Prince of Peace. You are help in times of trouble. You have a peace that surpasses all understanding. And your oracle state that we can have peace in our mind and peace in our heart until the time when the Prince of Peace comes to make everything right. Lord, I pray that you administer to your people today. Father, you would touch your people today. Lord, you saw the people who lifted their hearts and lifted their hands to you, needing you to minister in their lives right now. God, I pray that a wave of peace would descend on them, Father, and you would touch hearts 
and touch minds today. Fear in the name of Jesus, you have got to go. Depression in the name of Jesus, you lack authority to set up camp in the lives of God's people. We evict you right now in the name of Jesus. Father, we speak and we break generational curses that have robbed peace, addiction, and bondage and divorce and abuse in the name of Jesus. We cut it down not to move forward another generation. Father, we pray that the peace of God will set up camp in our homes, in our cars, in our workplace, in our lives, in our minds. You would do all of these things in us for your glory and because you love us, you have joy in us. Father, do that work today. Now, Lord, I come and I ask, Father, for people that don't know the Prince of Peace as their God and their Savior, Father, I pray that you would touch their lives today. Father, you would heal them of the greatest malady, the greatest sickness, sin. It's a crippling thing, a sin, to have have a, a bondage to sin. Father, thank you that you don't only diagnose that problem, but you come to set us free. Father, we pray that you would break the power of sin in people's lives and they would place their trust in you today. Father, in this house, Father, make people free, make them yours. Father, I pray that they would repent of their sins. I pray that they would confess you as their savior, confess you as their Lord their God, their King. They would give you lordship of their life. They would stop trying to be the master of their lives that put together a buffet of values. Instead, they would adopt your values and your DNA and that you would transform their lives. Do that work in us today. Lord, we love you. We thank you. Father, I close my time of prayer on behalf of our people, for our people, to you by saying thank you. You are so gracious. You're a good father. Thank you for your son, Jesus, your only begotten son. Lord, thank you for those of us that have placed our trust in you. We have been adopted into the family of God. Thank you for making us sons and daughters, we declare that you are our Lord and our God, and we love you today. We bless you today. Pathway Church, put your hands together right now. We pray all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you've been blessed by this week's podcast. Make sure to subscribe to stay up to date with all of our most recent episodes and visit pathwaychurch.us give. We'll see you next week.